Well, good afternoon, everyone. We welcome you in to a special TV 10 broadcast presentation. It is sponsored by Centerpoint Bible Church in Spring Mills, and we want to turn things over right now to Pastor Lowell McDonald along with Chris Dozier. Well, greetings, everybody. Uh, yes, my name is Lowell, and I'm one of the pastors at Centerpoint Bible Church. We're located right in the heart of the Spring Mills community here in Berkeley County. And I've got my good friend Chris with me. Say hi, Chris. Hello. This is something that we do on a regular basis at our church. We, uh, we often record a podcast and release that to our people and, and just try to challenge them in their relationship with Jesus. But Chris and I uh, really decided uh, recently that the events of the last month or so have kind of raised an issue that we felt like um, we were uniquely qualified <laughs> to speak to. Yeah, very, very seldom uniquely qualified for anything, so I'm <laughs> glad to be able to do it. Not true, not <laughs> true. Uh, some of the events of the last month have really raised, um, is it right to say, racial tension in sure, our country? Sure, And um, particularly, uh, this sort of most recent iteration has looked like um, kind of the, the, the black versus white racial tension that has kind of haunted us for generations. <laughs> And so, Chris, why don't, you, uh, why don't you talk through some of the things that have happened over the last month that, that have kind of raised this issue in a lot of our minds? Well, most uh, prominently would be the George Floyd, Floyd shooting uh, in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. um, but prior to that, uh, there were um, one that often gets overlooked is uh, the shooting death of Breonna Taylor. And that was in Louisville. And uh, what was the date on that? Uh, roughly March. 13th. Okay, March of this year. Let's see, yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but but it gets overlooked. It doesn't get a lot of pub. Mm -hmm. So so that those are just two main things, and um, it's just serving to to strain at yeah. uh, our culture right now. Yeah, the month of March was tough. Yeah. I'm sorry. The March month of May, May six, Ahmad Arbery. Yes. That although the event happened in February. We became aware of it through a video that was released at the beginning of May where a young black man was killed in Georgia. Um, and then on May 25th, boy, that was a bad day. Yeah. Central Park in New York City, we had the incident that happened between Christian Cooper and Amy Cooper. No relation that we're aware of, but there was an incident that had definitely some racial tension. Sure. And then finally, as you said, George Floyd, who uh, yeah. was suffocated to death. I think you mistakenly said shot. But, yeah, he was, oh, yeah, he was uh, I mean, from everything we've seen, killed by the hands of a police officer on, on May 25th. And then we've had what's happened since then. Yes. Yes. And, you know, people are going to respond, um, which is our right here in America. We have the right to do those things and demonstrate as well they should quite honestly. Um, and then it gets out of control. Um, so we're, we're trying to make some sense out of all of this. I guess we should take a minute and introduce ourselves for those that maybe can't see us. Um, in case oh, you don't yeah. know, I'm a white man. I'm 50 years old, almost born and raised in West Virginia. I love the Lord Jesus. He is my savior. I received Jesus as my savior in 1986 and he has changed my life. Introduce yourself, Chris. Um, yeah, I can't tell you the date which I got saved, but uh, yeah, I'm 46 years old. I'm a West Virginia boy. I've lived here all my life and um, follower of Christ. Um, and um, we got to talking on these things because of our love for one another. Mm -hmm. And we figured, hey, what better thing than we can we can show um, our p different perspectives um, um, 
and that we love each other. So yeah. it doesn't doesn't mean anything. So we kind of have four questions that we're going to work through. And the first one is this. So how did you feel? And, we'll, and Chris, you can start us. As, as a black man, how did you feel about the news as you saw it unfolding over the last month? Well, initial response is anger, of course. But more, more than that, um, I was kind of like, oh, man, again? Why is this always happens? And I, I would like to say this, though. As a person of color, as a black man, this is not something that's new for me. It wasn't something that I was unfamiliar with. Um, but it's just how much more, how much and why now? So so initially I was angry. I had to take some time to pray, quite honestly, um, because I, I was sorting through feelings, much like everyone is sorting through feelings at, during something like this happening, you know? And um, there's there's stages and phases of this stuff. But initially I was... Um, a little bit angry, but a little bit sad. I guess sad and angry mm. is how I was. Now, it's different now. I, mean, I don't feel that way now. How do you feel now? Well, the Lord has really worked mightily uh, using these events in my life. And um, uh, I've been in contact with people, and, and now I'm feeling better about it. Now I'm wanting to know what can I personally do to affect some change in this area. Now, just to be clear, when you say you're better about it, it here is not the death of George Floyd. The situation. The, okay. si the situation we have in America, and I, I firmly believe okay. that this situation is going to keep bird-dogging the United States of America until we bring it to some kind of resolution. Hmm. So, Me, how did I feel uh, after seeing the events of the last month? And kind of like you, it's, there's been a progression. <laughs> I was sad at first, too. Yeah. Um, I probably thought, oh, no, not again, but maybe for a different reason. Okay. Where I hear, I heard you saying this is something that it's like you've seen happen over and over and over. I felt like, oh, no, not again, not, not, another, not another opportunity to make it look really, really bad in our country. I mean, honestly, that's where I was at first. Okay. Just... But as I've kind of looked at this, my, my sadness has changed. Part of it is from our conversations, Chris. Just seeing, um, seeing how there's been a long history of a lot of these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. It makes me sad. It makes me, and it confuses me. I'd say I'm sad and confused. Confused in what respect? Confused because I, I just, I can't believe that we're still here. Yeah. I, I struggle to understand that. Confused by the reactions. Confused by, I'm not confused by those that are, you know, trying to let it be known that, that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's the rioting that, can, that has confused me. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, people respond in anger different ways. You know, they process things different ways. Um, anger is not necessarily a bad thing, but um, in James, the book of James one twenty, it says, "Be angry, but do not let the sun go down on your anger." Yeah, don't don't sin. Don't in your sin anger. in your anger. Yeah, don't sin in your anger. So I think we see some anger that's resulted in sin, but we see some uh, we say righteous indignation, as well. There should be. Mm -hmm. So there's a fine line there, but I don't. Um, disagree 
And I see your point as far as being confused, because I'm confused by it too. Like I never saw how tearing up stuff would lend itself to helping some some situations. So what I'd like to see is that the anger that people may have over, you know, whatever you want to call this thing, you know, systematic <laughs> racism. I don't, you know, whatever whatever term that we, you know, political correctness chases us down, but it's oh. difficult to give anything a oh, label. But whatever we want to call this problem that keeps on showing itself, anger over it will lead us towards solutions. But if we, if we sin in that anger, James says, it does not lead to righteousness. It does, that's not what it produces. It does not produce the righteousness of God. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So were you surprised by anything of the last month? I, I think surprise is not the right word. Um, well, well, actually, that's not true. I was surprised by some reactions I saw or or lack of reactions that I saw, um, but really not truly surprised. I guess I was just more disappointed than anything, Lowell, because um, to your point, again, here we go. Um, how, how many years and how long do we have to go through this? Understanding this also, I am an American. I love America. And I feel like, and a lot of lot of black people feel like we can't get a fair shake in America for whatever reason. I mean, you put the, okay, I'm not here to assess the reasonings because they're really irrelevant. But the fact that we keep going through this over and over, the cyclical thing, like we're supposed to be, you know, people, black soldiers have fought and died for this country, you know, they, they helped build this country. So we're like, hey, we should be like partners in this. Like we should, mm. we should, it should be fair. But evidently from what we're seeing, that's not the case. And that's not, and I know this, it's not everybody. So I'm gonna be careful not to lump everybody into one ball and be like, all y'all are like this. Cause I don't like when they do that to yes. the black community, be like, right. all y'all are like this. Right. Cause that's not true, number one. Mm -hmm. um, but coming at it from a Christian's perspective, we are all made in the image of God. Okay, and and we have an obligation to respect and and live with one another peaceably, if at all possible, to try to do that. Mm -hmm. So you have the question of some people are just trying harder than others. Are they not trying? Am I am I trying? Why, why don't they they try? I have to. So you know you can't let yourself get lulled into that. It's a fight, quite honestly. It's a struggle to maintain my love in the face of what I perceive as not love hmm. and certainly Christ calls us to love him first and to love others too yeah and in doing so what it says is we will fulfill mm. everything we're supposed to that's exactly right fulfill all the law and the prophets the law and Matthew the prophets. chapter 22 yes well I certainly appreciate uh, the relationship that Chris and I have had over the years we're going to talk more about some of these things we wanted to start out just to kind of give you a, a taste of who we are and how we look at this but um, when we come back after a break, we're going to specifically kind of look at God's Word and what, does it, what hope does it offer us uh, in these difficult times. So we'll take a little break, and we'll be right back. Hey, we're back, and uh, I'm Lowell, and this is Chris Dozier. And we are here talking about kind of the racial tension that we're experiencing right now in our country. We started out just kind of introducing ourselves a little bit, and we want you to know that we both love the Lord, and we love each other, mm -hmm. and we're both desirous to see our, our church, our community, our culture reflect a unity 
in Christ that is available to us. We're going to answer. Absolutely. We're going to answer three questions. That's right, brother. Three questions that are going to come up uh, that we want to work through. We're going to talk about what does God's word have to say. The second question is what in the world can we do about this, and what's the hope that we have for the future. So let's start with that first question, though. What was it again, Chris? I think uh, we were wondering what does the word of God have to say about what we're enduring. Yeah. You know. I, Hmm, what we're enduring, that's an interesting, when you put that word on the end there, that, that kind of changes it too a little bit. I, that, that interests me. The first thing I want to say that we see from God's word comes out of Galatians chapter 3, uh, verse number 28. And there, Paul is writing about the unity that is available to those who have been made new creatures in Christ. When we put our trust in Jesus the Bible says that we are brand new people. The word that God uses to describe it is born again. We're, we're brand new. And in that newness, it says in Galatians 3 that, that there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now what that means to us is that it doesn't matter what distinction man may see. Man, man looks at people and identifies them as male or female or black or white or Jew or Gentile or slave or free in this culture. But Jesus doesn't look at us in that way as far as our relationship with him. We are co-heirs because we're both, we are spirits that are in a body and we're going to, we're going to be eternally somewhere. Those who are in Christ are going to eternally be with him in heaven. And you and I, Chris, somebody else could look at us and say that we're very different. We're different ages. We're different sizes. We're, different, we, we're a different race. We, we maybe have a different background. But in Christ, we are brothers in Jesus is what the Bible calls us. And that's we need to understand that truth about the whole racial tension that we're seeing. It doesn't have to be this way. So that's my first thought. What, what about you? As you think about what does God's word say about how we're going to handle this racial tension that we're seeing right now, what, what comes to your mind? Well, just to backtrack a second on what you said, um, unity uh, in Christ is amongst believers is something that we must have. Hmm. So that's not something that's without work. We've got to work at that, believe it or not. So it doesn't just automatically happen. That's a great, that is a great point. And Paul, and much of the New Testament is trying to work in that direction, mm -hmm. Chris. Yeah. Good point. That's true. Um, but I, I was leaning on, um, I was led um, to Luke 18, 1, and this parable of a persistent widow. Um, this widow that she wants justice, she wants something, right? And and so she just, day after day, time after time, as much as she needs to, she's persistently going to um, this ruler, this judge, because he, he's the one that could give her resolution to what she needed. So she kept going back to him. I do want to say about this woman, because it, it kind of parallels, it's kind of similar to, to us sometimes. She had no business going to see the judge, first of all. She shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, second of all, she wasn't in any position to, because she was a widow, and in in this culture, as we what do you call it, back across the river? Yeah. So so back ac walking back across the river, looking back across the river, this widow had no business going and harassing this judge, haranguing this judge day after day, um, but she did it anyway. And so 
my takeaway from this, um, I think the parable is the, the persistent widow, mm-hmm. and she is persistent. Um, we have to persist, and I believe this parable is talking about persisting in prayer. Um, during this period of time, for myself, I have been leaning heavily on the Lord. I, You know what? I, I was so beside myself. I didn't know what to do, and I just prayed. Um, I, I didn't have the words. I didn't know. We have to be like this widow. We have to resemble her. And if you have an opportunity, Luke 18 verses 1 through 8 is where you'll find this. I encourage you to read it. Um, those of you who are on your biblical scholar mode, you can go ahead and, and, and dig deeper into it and find out the specifics surrounding her circumstances. But um, the, the bottom line is she persisted in haranguing, harassing this judge until he basically done verse um, verse five. He says, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, <laughs> I, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Hey, sometimes you got to harass people. If you if you are right minded and I, I don't mean just harass people just for no reason. But but if you're if you're just your cause is just and you feel right you need vindication you need justice you got to do what you got to do and model this widow so what is she persistent what are we to persistently do we're, we're we today across the river we're supposed to persist in prayer as believers we need to persist in um, making our requests known to the throne of heaven um, we have that right as believers um, newsflash we can take these things to God because he knows anyway and so I'm taking what you said earlier about the unity we have in Christ. Yes. And so I'm taking those things that we discussed in this Luke 18 persistent. And what I'm hearing you say is, okay, we are, you and I are both followers of Jesus. So we are brothers in Christ. But this unity that we've got to work towards, just like Paul encouraged the believers in the early church to work towards unity between Jew and Gentile, mm-hmm. you're saying we've got to work towards that, and you're saying we need to be persistent in it. Yes. Persistently pray that God would allow us to experience that unity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pray that God would consistently show us how he's working because God is always working. We know that sometimes we feel like he's not because we can't see it. We don't, or we don't see enough, but he will give us little glimpses into it in our relationships, um, conversations that we're allowed to have progress that we can, we can make. And so we have to persist in it. Mm. You know, one of the things I appreciate about Chris is, is he he challenges me in the things that he says. And, and recently he told me something about capital and friendship. What was that? When you cultivate capital in a friendship, you build up this friendship, you can cash it in at some point. And so what do you mean on relative to this discussion? Well, relative to this discussion is this is a time for all believers in Christ and even non-believers. It doesn't matter. If you have cultivated capital in a, a friendship that is a multiracial friendship, so say one's black, one's white, whatever, you can ask you may have accumulated enough capital that would afford you an opportunity to ask this question that you wouldn't ask to somebody on the street mm. you can say to them for instance um i'm confused why why is all this going on how does this make you feel mm. what should i be doing those kind of questions that, that capital will be your um key to potentially if you use it now don't be scared Use your capital. Don't let it go to waste because I think it's non-redeemable. It's kind of like those airline <laughs> flight miles. <laughs> you can't get anything back for it anyway, so you might as well use it. But seriously, um, 
have the substantive, meaningful relationships, ask pertinent questions so that you can begin to understand things better. Hmm. You know, when, when you and I had some of our early conversations about this, it really did bring an understanding to the matter. And it's not like it's the first time you and I had ever talked about um, the, the, the experience of, of race in mm-hmm. our culture. We've sure. talked about that. Sure. Chris and I go ba- way back. Listen, we have, we have prayed together. We have eaten together. We have laughed together. We have cried together. We've worshiped together. Yes. It's not like this is the only time we've ever talked about this. Mm-mm. But certainly hearing your perspective on the events um, it paid dividend. <laughs> well, well, I'm <laughs> to glad. You go on your illustration there. I'm glad. Well, know? no. Well, here's the thing that is important to remember: any person of color, this is not new to them. So they've been most likely, more than likely, have been experiencing this throughout their life. Like I can remember back into to elementary school, I've experienced this. I've, I've felt this. So I might not say talk about it all the time because you know you don't want to open with that because mm-hmm. people don't. By and large, they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but it's been happening. So, I felt comfortable enough with Lo, and he felt comfortable enough with me to come and have these conversations, and they're much needed. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that strikes me about what we've talked about is everything we've referred to is talking about those that are followers of Jesus, right? Right. So, what about the people that don't know Jesus? That 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 are going through this as well well they we're all going through this in america all of us are um so i think that by virtue of the fact that we're followers of christ and we read his word that gives us a little more insight or maybe our handling of these situations will be different however um that puts the onus on us we as believers to um infiltrate the culture and get into these conversations, maybe redirect even sometimes, because um, people can't pontificate or talk about things of which they have no experience and they don't know, so they need to be shown. Mm. So it's not like there's no hope for them, there is. Uh, unfortunately, you mentioned that we are spirits wrapped in flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's yeah, I like that. Probably, yeah. That's probably what I said. Yeah, but, that's, that's um, a good way to say it. <laughs> but but we, we are that, so we more closely identify with our flesh than we do with our spirit naturally that naturally is, yes the nat- mm-hmm. well, i think scripture paul says the natural man mm-hmm. okay um and and there's certain things the natural man can't understand because their spirit revealed that's right so those of us that know we have an obligation to go and to engage and to have these conversations and talk about that and as you said earlier that is how we fulfill what god calls us to this that's loving people it is it is it's loving people it is and you know you You've got to be able to put yourself in another person's shoes and, and maybe walk a mile uh, in their shoes. Try to see what they're going through so that you can understand. Not that we have to do that, but it's just something if you really want a better understanding, you really want to understand, well, let me tell you what this is. This is what I go through. So we sit and listen. Um, and then really, sometimes we don't even say anything. Sometimes just being there in the moment with them is enough. Okay. Well, this has been helpful to look in to look in God's word and apply that to some of these situations. <laughs> and this stuff is exhausting, Loa. I hear I hear you. <laughs> it is. It's it, I've been so tired over the it's past heavy. Two it's heavy. It's heavy. It really is yeah. because we know how uh how explosive it yeah. can be. Yeah. And so we're afraid. You know, you say we should and rightly we should capitalize on the investment we've had mm-hmm. with friends, but we're afraid 
that if we bring it up, that it will explode in our face. You, you may lose friends. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I shared something similar to this a while back with some persons I felt from, comfortable with. And um, the response I got was, um, I'm sick of hearing about it. So, I mean, that might happen. You might actually lose friends over this, but you can't worry about that so much. If it's important to you to have a resolution to this issue, risk has to be taken. Yeah. So I like I, I like what you said that we so easily identify with the flesh, with with the body that we have. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Lord Jesus, that's mm -hmm. why he came to the earth, because he brought for us a he made us, he allowed us to see what the character of God is like. Jesus mm -hmm. became a man so that we could see what God would do if he were a man. And so it is very Christ-like to be willing to, what you said, take the opportunity to get into somebody else's shoes, mm -hmm. to, to see how their, what their experience is like, and to capitalize and to have these conversations. And I, I think when we come back, Let's talk about what we might say in those conversations. So you're saying we need to talk to one another. Yes. Well, what are we going to say? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think the Bible will instruct us. I think the Bible can help us know the answer to that question. So when we come back, what are you going to say in these conversations? So my name is Lowell, and we're from Centerpoint Bible Church. I've got Chris Dozer here with me. And we, uh, after seeing all that we've saw for the last several weeks, we just really felt like the Lord wanted us to come together with our church body and anybody else that joins in with us and discuss the unity we have in Christ mm -hmm. and then how we've been viewing the racial tension in our culture right. recently. So we're talking about, let's see, what does God's word have to say to this, right? Yes. And and you talked about, Chris, you, I appreciate you bring this idea that we need to capitalize on the relationships that we have. Yes. What do we talk about? I mean, what? How do we do it? Help us. Give us direction. Well, it's well. I'll do my best, but uh, it depends on the relationship, first of all, and it depends on what topics are floating around. In this time, um, you'll probably have specific, directed conversations, and then we apply the Bible to those conversations. But the conversations need to be meaningful. I'm not talking about hangout fluff conversations like, hey, man, did you see? No, not those kind. We're talking about the kind that affirms life, um, encourages someone who may be struggling in certain areas. So, so that's what friendships, one aspect of friendships that we overlook is that you can have these serious, you know, heart rendering conversations between friends. And you have some anonymity there because unless your friend goes and tells it, nobody's going to know that you yeah. had this conversation, but you'll be edified by it. And I think the, the thing about friendship that we have to, that should be present, is it matters to me how you feel. Like what your experience is matters to me. And what my experience is matters to you. That's that's a big part, maybe the essence of friendship. Truly it is. Of, of love. Yes. Of, of, of what Christ calls us to that we are to have with one another. And that what I, I have experienced with you and with many other people, and I know you have as well. Mm -hmm. You have to tell the truth. Be truthful. Feel, you have to be in a situation where you feel like you can be totally forthcoming. Mm. You know, that's what it's about. So 
for me, a passage of scripture that has really been uh, important since May 25. And Chris and I have talked about this in his kitchen. Um, is Romans 12:15, and it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep." <laughs> you know, there's. Uh, it's easy to rejoice with those who rejoice, isn't it? Sure. Yay! Oh boy, you got a new bike or whatever. You know what I mean? Let me ride it. <laughs> <laughs> weeping with somebody who's weeping. Mm-hmm. It's hard, and especially in this circumstance. It's uncomfortable, too. Yeah. Let, let me just be real clear what I mean by this, okay? I think, I'm, I, need, I think we need to be very specific. So when Chris and I first talked about George Floyd, really, was the issue that kind of yeah, brought us together, yeah. okay? The others were happening, and but George Floyd kind of brought us together. And as I recall, Chris just, you know, he kind of just told me what how he was viewing this, and... Like, I could see that my friend and my fellow follower of Jesus was hurting over this. And maybe even weeping. Yeah, I might have shed a tear, too. Yeah. And this wasn't something I manufactured. It wasn't like, okay, you know, crying button press. It, it was. <laughs> but when you're close to somebody, mm-hmm. you're going to feel what they feel. Mm-hmm. You can call this empathy or sympathy or the Bible says just weep with those who weep. And honestly, Chris, I think this is what needs to happen to bring, to move us in the direction of lessened racial tension. I I really believe this is what is needed. No, it it absolutely is. And, And full disclosure here, let me just, because Lowell's not telling the whole truth. He's being modest. Um, when he came over to my house and sat at my kitchen table to talk with me about this, I had a bullet pointed list of stuff that, that I had been going through the stuff. And some of it was not relating to what we were talking about. But this man listened to me and um, he empathized. He, he didn't say many words. At the end, when we prayed, he wept as he prayed. Mm-hmm. So so that is genuine. But he's not the only one that's doing these things. I know that there are other conversations and other people praying like this so this is what the friendship capital uh, is able to do because he was in essence weeping with me um and really weeping with me so that's what it requires and and i appreciate just him listening i believe chris that what we're seeing in protesters and in even even rioters which we've talked about how that is confusing to us right I feel like it's part of our community saying, are you aware Mm -hmm. of the struggle that we have experienced and do you feel it with us? And I think the answer is to weep with those who weep. Right. We can't, when there's no way you can watch what happened in the unfortunate incident that was recorded you know and we saw it multiple we've had at least two or three now there's no way you can watch that and not hurt for the person and i can weep over something that i didn't necessarily do okay i played no role in george floyd's death mm-hmm. at least from my perspective i didn't i right. played no role i've never been to minneapolis you know and all that kind of stuff but i can watch i can see that or know it and i can hurt right 
you can look and see that something is amiss. Something is not right if this can happen continually. And um, lots of time, lot long ago, there was not, there were no video cameras in everybody's hands, so they couldn't capture it. So we thank God for the technology. We do, but we still weep over the circumstances. Um, and listen, Chris has told me that you know, there have been moments here in Martinsburg, West Virginia, where you have definitely experienced, maybe not to that extreme, right, right. And that matters to me. Yeah. That matters to me that my friend has experienced some of this bigotry. Well, the, the funny thing, if there's a funny thing about it to me, is the number of people coming out of the woodwork being like, that doesn't really happen. That doesn't, when I know full well that it does, but it doesn't bear me pointing it out every time it happens because you'd be like the boy who cried wolf, right? They'll be like, oh, here they go again, like that. And I, that's not what I got from Lowell. And so to his point, just sit and listen to people really from from their point of view because maybe you can lend some perspective to what they're seeing or what they're experiencing but in this case you can't tell somebody what they did or didn't experience mm. you know so that would be wrong but yeah just the listening part and it, it is kind of in need of rectification like this situation this stuff it just needs to be fixed somehow i don't know how i don't know the machinations and every person of color has experienced this so it's not going out on a limb to say that but i think it's wrong for us as black people as um, minorities to d diminish it to minimize it to try to say oh it, it's okay it didn't really happen and i myself am guilty of that sometimes too much why is that is that just to avoid the <sighs> yeah conflict you, you want to try to you know you, you don't want to be seen as you know a troublemaker or one of those people is what they say even though i am one of those people mm -hmm. so you know it's like catch 22 but um yeah just to for to not be um what is it i don't know to not be going against swimming upstream okay you know you don't you don't want to do that it's true sometimes it's just easier most times it's easier like that low and quite honestly uh, we've gotten into the habit of doing that that's just easier so we do um but it seems like uh the younger people they're not having that <laughs> you know and i applaud them for that because maybe it's it's awakening um, to some that maybe you can't let things go like that mm -hmm. and it's not all bad i gotta say that it's not all bad you know and i wasn't treated terribly or horribly but were things as optimal as they could have been well no they weren't so we have we press on chris would you say from your perspective has there been progress well to use that word that i thought i made up it's been parabolic up and down up okay. and down so maybe you sinusoidal some, Okay, so, so see, it's the math guy. See the math guy. I, you know, I defer to the math guy. Um, I, I, um, I think there's moments of progress, and then I don't know if it's because you know time lapses and we're like get complacent again, and then it goes back. Um, but yeah, that that has been the case. Um, as evidenced, the the point I made to you, Doctor Doctor King in '67 or '62 in the '60s. So the civil rights movement to do all that, and then you get to the 70s, and then the 80s, and then what happened? And then it goes. And then something else pops up. George Floyd pops up, main thing. And then we're right back at the same situation we were. So we forget. I guess maybe it's our humanity. We forget. And we're like, we're good. So, yeah. I think another thing that could help in this, to bring this unifying aspect, is to live out the other half of this verse. It says to weep with those who weep but also to rejoice with those who rejoice. And here's, here's what I'm referring to. I think, I think our, any, of our, any of our listeners that happen to be from the black community that are listening to this and, and 
maybe you have like Chris, you've you well, Chris would say you definitely have experienced some of this. But I would encourage you to let your friends know who have been an encouragement to you. Mm-hmm. Rejoice with them that God has done that work in their life. Yeah. We need to rejoice over over those that God has delivered them from yes. the the hatred of other people because of things that really don't matter. No, that that's a great point, Lowell. Because I have been contacted by people, and they have encouraged me. They have apologized to me and my wife as well. Just, I'm so sorry that you have to endure that. I'm sorry you have to go through that. So, And I'm thankful for friends like that because I know that they have no ulterior motive. Like, you know, I have nothing to offer them. And so I do see your point in that. It is important to let people know that you appreciate their support mm-hmm. um, and that they're, they've told me they're praying with me. You know, those those are good friends. See, that's unity. Yes. That is unity when you when you are experiencing the emotion. I mean, this is part of unity, that you experience the emotion of other what other people are going through and you're with their with them through it. And like you said, it might even be silence at times. Yeah. Yes. I think this could help us to know what to say in these conversations. It could. It could <laughs> I mean it, it can help shape the conversation. Um, but the Holy Spirit, in my experience, has got to give the words. Because I, if it's just Chris manufacturing the words, man, I'm messing up. Mm. You know, but but with God's direction, it can. And it can also influence um, how you approach the conversations. Yeah. Well, we wanna, we're going to close out in, after one. We're going to take a little break. And then our last segment, we're going to talk about what's our hope for the future. I mean, what kind of hope do we have in this regard as, as we're both fathers we're both husbands. Yeah. We're both, you know, members of a church and a community mm-hmm. and followers of Jesus. What's our hope for what God might do uh, in the immediate and in the long-term future? So when we come back, we're going to try to tackle that a little bit as well. So we're back and I'm Lowell and with me is Chris Dozier. Yep. And we are talking about some of the what we've been watching right now in our world uh, regarding the racial tension and and we were hopeful for this podcast that we could maybe bring some awareness mm. to our church family and to our community mm-hmm. and also some ideas of what we can do to move us forward uh, towards some type of, of unity in our, in our world. Mm. Um, so now we want to talk about what's our hope mm. for the future because, I mean, at times this can seem kind of hopeless. Mm-hmm. So how about you, Chris? I mean, what what's your hope? Well, um, my hope is that we'll see continued um, dialogue. Um, my one of my sayings is think globally, act locally. Hmm. So we see the global picture of what this has done to the country and all that stuff. But the the, the remedy is going to come locally with the conversations and stuff. But ultimately, it's going to be through Jesus Christ, through through His Word. Um, and through his Holy Spirit working in his believers to impact these situations, these communities, these lives. So that's where I believe the hope is. And, you know, history is on your side. Um, believers, God has used followers of, of Jesus to bring change mm-hmm. in cultures and in situations. And that is, that is, a, that is the right place to put our hope. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me it's not new, but but has been affirmed. Is it's hard to hope 
in man's ability to fix his problems. It, it just it, it just isn't there. I mean, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. We man is is inadequate and mm-hmm. not able to do things with with a motive that's pure. Mm-hmm. The only hope we have is the Lord Jesus. It's true. We there's been uh, tons of institutions and legislations been introduced, and you know historically it just all fails. And I think it contributes the the sinfulness of man and the fallenness of man contributes to that. I think they have good intentions. They start out with it and then maybe some money gets in the way or something. So um, when you're hoping in the Lord, though, that's that's more of a solid thing to hope in, in my opinion. I was my wife reported me about a a message she heard from a young man that we know, Marcus Stinson. Mm -hmm. And um, he was saying that he asked the question, you know, in in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, when we talk, when this time period is talked about, mm-hmm. who's who's going to be the vehicle that is used to bring us forward and to bring unity? Is it going to be the church? Hmm. He posed that question to his congregation in front of him, and I thought that was a great, that's a great question to ask. And and so when I look at hope, okay, the way I, the way I look at it is I, I want to go all the way forward and then work my way backward. Okay. okay? The only hope that I see of there ever being true justice is when the Lord Jesus rules the world as the king of the universe, the present king. And I think the Bible teaches that's going to happen after his return. So what do we do in the meantime? So now we start working our way backwards. Mm. And so that's that so that's what that's where it's going to that's where we're going to see right called right and wrong called wrong and and so forth. And we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that. But in the meantime, I think ultimately what what we what we do is we communicate the gospel. We communicate the the life change that Jesus Christ offers to people and then we model that in how we operate. We're to be a city up on a hill. We're to be a light in a dark world. We're to be we're, we're, we're to live this way, and I think it, I mean, these con- this conversation could be part of that. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that, you know, two guys that, that happen to be, you know, have a different skin color can, be, can, can think this way about one another? Mm-hmm. You mean that white guy can, can hurt for this guy when, over the pain he's in, and, mm-hmm. and this guy can be, th- I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's necessary. So if if you're you can't believe that ha- is happening, you need to do your part to try to make more of that happen. Mm. That's what we need to do. Um, we are all hurting over this. America's hurting over this. You know, we're all together as a nation, um, more so um, as a body of believers in Christ. We got to be together over this. So we got to look. We might have to tweak some things and come at things a different way. Um, but regardless of what we have to do, we need to. Um, come together in the midst of this, mm. and I think ultimately where we where we put our hope is in the Spirit of God doing this work that that we're longing for Him to do. Mm. He this this kind of unity is not only only possible, really, as Christians are are living out what God has called us to, but it's also only possible mm-hmm. when the Spirit of God is working through us. And we can be a deterrent to the Spirit working through us, by the way. We, we can kind of block his, his, what he wants to do, so it's important mm. not to do that. How do we do that? 
disobedience is the main way. Um, say the spirit tells you to go talk to your neighbor who doesn't look like you. And you're like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Mm. I think also getting pulled into um, secondary issues. Like, what's a secondary issue? Well, I just think we need to, you know, honestly, a lot of times it's politics. <gasps> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird how this thing becomes a political issue. Yeah. And that, it's not politics at all. It's hard to understand. It's mm-hmm. it's just, it's and it's infuriating at times. I think also to get to get pulled into kind of rooting for one, you know, one side on the political mm-hmm. spectrum, one side on the media spectrum, one side... You know, to where now we're not really seeing people as individuals, but representing a team or a tribe mm-hmm. that I have to beat. I think that's called a fool's errand. Mm-hmm. That's, at least that's what I call it, because nobody really wins in that. Even yeah. the people who win, they don't really win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in all through this passage in Romans 12, you know, it, it talks about this whole idea of being concerned about other people and and not lashing out in a rash way of you know just responding when people persecute you and in striking back and so forth but but weeping with those who weep understanding what they're going through being hospitable being being fervently uh, moved of god to be a a change agent even if it's just one-on-one mm-hmm in small groups of, of people. Isn't that where the real change occurs though? And in my, okay, in my experience, I have seen more change occur in a one-on-one type of situation um, than I have seen in groups. You know, and I, I, I you're, you're hundred percent right, Chris. And I, and that's going back to where, where I started to explain where I go to the far end and work my way backwards. Okay. okay to where, now we're talking about my relationships with individuals and with with people and in our church and we, you know if we can if we can weep with those who weep mm-hmm. rejoice with those who rejoice if we can understand that we're unified in Christ that the that Christ sees us as co-heirs mm-hmm. that that the things that we tend to look at first Christ looks at who we are in him mm-hmm. And when we when we practice that on an individual basis, I think that's what moves us towards um, reconciliation between people. Well, are you hopeful? I am. Uh, I am. I, I mean, I go back and forth, kind of wavering sometimes. But but I am hopeful. Um, not that I, because I believe in humanity so much, but I just believe that what God can do in and through us, if we allow Him to, if we respond in obedience, I'm very hopeful. And that's the that's the key, isn't it? I mean, it it's leaning to him. You know, the Bible is clear about man that we we can't produce anything good on our own, Mm-mm. and people can't understand that. They, it's hard it's hard to admit that about yourself. It is. I mean, if left to our own, you know, if we could go back thirty, forty years ago, you think we'd be sitting here now, left our own? I know I wouldn't. I'd be an angry man. So yeah, and and. The Lord Jesus has made a change in our lives. Amen. Well, we're excited about what Jesus has done in our lives. And I, and I hope today as you're listening to this that you can see that, that he's made a change in your life as well. You know, at Centerpoint Bible Church, we're all about pointing to Jesus Christ in his word. We often say at the end of our podcast, we're nothing fancy. But we want to be real, just like Jesus. 
And we encourage you to, to find a place where you can grow in your relationship with him. We'd love to see it at our church, but there's others out there. So find a place where you can grow like Jesus.